0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the First Pentecostal Church Evening Devotion, and I'm delighted that you have joined us, and I hope that what we do here will make a tremendous difference in your life. I want you to know we're going to make it. We're going to overcome in Jesus' name, and so I want you to be encouraged and stay tr- strong. Uh, tonight, I've decided to show you what I do in my rule of five. I want you to see what I do every day to help me stay connected to God and to allow him access to my life to grow me into the person that I need to be. I've been doing this for almost 50 years and I've talked about it a lot and I've preached about it and I've been training certain ones in our congregation to do this. And I promise you that if you will learn how to discipline yourself to do this every day, it will change your life. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back in time for about 25 years ago. And I've chosen a devotion that I wrote in my journal almost 30 years ago while seeking in a daily time with him. And I'm going to read to you what I wrote those many years ago. First of all, When I do my Rule of Five, I get all of my resources together. I've got my Bible, and I've got my journal, which uh, I don't write in a journal anymore, but I have my iPad, which is now my journal. So I have my Apple Pencil, and I can write whatever I need to, or I can type uh, what I want to type into my journal. I, I find a place. Where I'm going to be undisturbed and I pick a time where I know that I can devote the amount of time that I need to accomplish my rule of five. Now morning is best for me, but it doesn't always work out that way depending on what has to be done. And I don't know what your life is like right now, probably just about any time because we're kind of stuck together. But you're going to have to pick the place. And you're going to have to pick a time. So this evening, if you would, gather your family around and let's talk about this. And let's talk about this rule of five. Uh, I, I generally start out by spending some time just worshiping God. I'll begin to praise him. I will worship him. Father, I thank you for everything you have done. Sometimes I'll call the names out, such as my wife. I thank you for my wife, Lynette. I thank you for my children. And I'll call their names out, uh, Lisa and Dana and Lee, and my grandchildren. I'll call their names out, Dylan and Kenzie and Noah, Eva, Ella, and Elise. I thank you for them, Lord then what I do is I begin to pray certain scriptures over my life. One particular scripture that is one of my favorites is in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. And I'll begin to pray it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, Brian. Uh, God, I want to trust in you with all of my heart and lean not to my own understanding. But I want to acknowledge you in all of my ways, God. Direct my steps. Direct my path. And I begin to pray in, in that particular manner. Now, there's other ways to pray. Uh, so that uh, in your rule of five, in your daily devotion, that's you're not limited to that. But that's the way I start. And it helps to get me into a frame of mind that when I begin to read the word of the Lord, God can speak to me and he can communicate uh, things to my spirit that I need to, to know and I need to uh, obey. So I'm going to read to you from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. And that's where I was 25 years ago in my place at the time that I had chosen to do my daily devotion. This was not something extra. This was not something new. It was just during my devotion, the Lord began to speak to me while I was in Hebrews chapter 11, which is the Hall of Fame of Faith. And I was studying those scriptures, and and God began to speak to me. He, He began to talk to my heart. And and it began to form in me some of the things that uh, I felt God wanted me to do. And I have followed through with those things that he revealed to me. But in the text in Hebrews chapter 11, Moses was leading Israel out of Egyptian bondage into a new era of liberty. And uh, this liberty presented Moses with a whole new set of challenges. So I was praying that word while I was reading it, God, how do you take a, a whole nation of slaves and take them out into the wilderness and change them into a holy nation and a royal priesthood? How do you make that transformation? That's, that's a magnificent transformation. Just to release them from the power of Egypt well, took a mighty hand of God and an outstretched arm of power just to do that, but then to bring them out and then transform them into the people of God, into worshipers and into holiness people. Well, now that's a whole nother matter altogether. And, and, and what a challenge it was. And of course, Moses had to make a lot of right choices. He had to accept responsibility because if you don't accept your responsibility and make the right choices, liberty becomes a curse rather than a blessing. Because just because you get out of Egypt and into a wilderness and you've got liberty now, it doesn't mean you've got a lot of options because there's no food, there's no water, uh, there, there's not a, a good place to, to live. So there, there's a lot of challenges with this l- new liberty. And the same with the power of God that releases you from sin. Uh, that's why we need the Holy Ghost to fill our empty house so that we have purpose and we have meaning uh, because we don't want our liberty to become a curse. We want it to be a blessing. But a new nation was formed. They, they worshiped, they had consecration, and they allowed God to minister to them to transform them from slaves into a royal priesthood. And and the Lord was just speaking to me, said, Moses took 10 steps in verses 23 through 29 in Hebrews 11. He took 10 steps to bring about this transformation. And it was as if God was speaking to me so many years ago for me to uh, actually take these steps myself. and And I started weeping before the Lord because I knew that God was giving me uh, direction. He was giving me understanding of what I needed to do with my life and what I needed to do with my ministry. I was headed for a new dimension and I was going to a new place with God where he would use me in a completely different uh, dimension. So I'm going to read verse 29 first because... This is powerful. He said, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. And God said, I empowered them not only to pass through their crisis, but I made it so that they didn't have to walk in the mud, and they didn't have to get their feet muddy, and they didn't have to do wrong things in order to accomplish my will. They walked over on dry land. So God does give us power to overcome in our crisis. And we don't have to be ugly. We don't have to get our feet muddy. Because God makes a way where we walk on dry land. And then he says, which the Egyptians is saying to do, were drowned. The Egyptians tried the same thing. But they were drowned in the Red Sea. Think about that for a moment. They tried. They did the best that they could. But it didn't work for them because, you see, God empowers people of faith to do things that people in the world can't do, especially when they're going through a crisis. And, and that really spoke to my spirit because we all go through different crises in our life. And, of course, we're in one uh, more of a crisis right now nationally and internationally with the, with the virus and its effect on the economy and on people's lives. And and it's definitely changing the landscape of the whole world right now. But we're going to come through this. We're going to pass through it. And we're going to walk over on dry land. But back then, 25, 30 years ago, when God gave me this, and I wrote it in my journal so many years ago, I was going through a different crisis but it was more of a crisis of me forming a new identity and God wanted to help me accomplish that. So here's that 10 step process. And, and I just wanted to share it with you and what the Lord showed me so many years ago. And this is how my rule of five works for me. And it may take on a different, uh, a different view with you. It might be something that you do differently. And and that's fine. You make it your own. I want you to own it. I want it to be yours. And I want God to use it in your life to show you how you can become the very best that God wants you to be. Uh, the first step was actually taken by Moses' parents when they hid Moses for three months. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And and you can't fear what people are going to say and how they're going to respond to you. Uh, if you do that, then you're going to shut down the transformation process in your life. You can't fear even the king's commandment. Because there's going to be people that will make a command against you. Because they they don't want to see you transformed. They don't want to see you uh, break free from your slavery and become the person that God wants you to be. And why that is, I, I can't explain it other than we do have an enemy. But they hid him three months and God worked it out where his natural mother would nurse him and train him to recognize the value of his Jewish heritage. Now isn't that magnificent? And The Lord spoke to me through that scripture and said I want you to start training people to be apostolic and I started my Barnabas groups my refresh groups I've called it Timothy group I've called it every different kind of name that you can think of from a biblical standpoint to try to train people and to pour myself into others and to have other great men of God also speak into their lives and pour themselves into them But a lot of times, we don't like to take the time to hide and train. But the Lord spoke training to me. And then uh, the second step is that Moses learned by faith to refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. This is very important because at that point in my life, in that crisis moment, uh, you can get called a lot of different things. And people have put labels on you. And you have to refuse those labels because people will say this, they'll say that, and everybody's heard from God and the Holy Ghost told them this. And if you're dealing with Pentecostals, if you're dealing with the world, it's probably the devil whispering to all of them. But yet they feel like they have the right to label you. And God's telling you, church, through this devotion, you have a right to refuse it. You don't have to accept what everybody wants to call you. And you can refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. The third thing that he did is he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He learned a valuable lesson that every one of us need to learn, that people are more important than comforts, pleasures, or any other conveniences that we have. People are the most important, valuable asset this church has. And I think that is a very valuable lesson. That's the reason why we are not congregating together to have and assemble together for church right now until this crisis is over. We have a a strong elderly population in our church and we're very thankful for our heritage and all the generations that are here. And we want to keep them as safe as we possibly can. What we might be able to overcome, they may not be able to overcome. But Moses learned to choose people rather than pleasures. He made things that God considers valuable his priorities. Another thing, the next step he took, he believed that peace was more important than his possessions he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Now, when you think of the riches of joy and righteousness and peace that, and the love of God and the hope that comes from Jesus Christ, that's great riches. Those riches are higher and greater than anything this world can offer you because the world can't give you peace You can't tune into a single network anywhere, uh, and and they give you peace. They're always uh, giving you the worst-case scenario. They're telling you how bad it is. They're telling you how many people are going to die. And the reason they're doing that is because they don't have peace, and they don't have any love for you, and they have no concern for you or your family. They're just simply uh, wanting to generate panic and fear. And that's what our world does. But I'm so glad that I belong to a kingdom that's greater than that, that we belong to a kingdom of light and that God values peace and the riches greater than the treasures in Egypt. Our value system has to change if we're going to create this transformation. It was so uh, funny whenever I began to uh, read in, the, in my devotional from many years ago and I'm transferring it all into the into the digital world so I've been going back and that's where I found this and I said man this would be perfect for today because this is exactly the kind of crisis we're going through and I'm praying and I'm weeping before the Lord God's wanting me to train people God's wanting me to to see a transformation so many of our younger people are allowing the labels that are being placed upon them to dictate who and what they are and where they go and how and what they become and i 'm not going to allow it we 're going to refuse this we 're going to choose what God speaks into our life and who God says we are and that 's what uh, the Lord began to uh, direct me and then Moses moved from Choosing to esteeming. The Bible says he counted or he esteemed the reproach of Christ. He valued the the identity that God gave him. I value being apostolic. I value the people of First Pentecostal Church. I value the heritage. What do you esteem in your life? What do you value? I value our heritage and our identity and who we are to be greater than anything the world can give. And when you can pray that into your spirit, when you can you can be in a time with just you and God speaking this into your life, it'll change you forever if you could just pick a place, if you could just take time every day to get into his word, to get into a a spiritual posture of prayer and ask the Lord to take his word and make it real in your heart. But then he goes on in verse 27, he says, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. He moved from esteem to respect. He looked away from everything else and he knew that God had a reward for him. He had a purpose for him. And that purpose was going to be realized. And I want you to have respect unto the recompense of the reward. And if you can start respecting the fact that maybe you have to give up some things now and you have to pay a price now, but later on you're going to reap a reward and I respect that reward. One day, I may not get paid for everything that I do for, uh, for God down here, I may, but there's going to come a day when I'm going to get a reward. It may not be a, a, a time when I am, am able to be compensated for everything that I do in the earth for the kingdom, but I promise you that one day we're going to see a reward. And then, of course, they had to, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. And and you've got to forsake some things. Yes, uh, it's worth it, but you've got to forsake some things. There is a price that you have to pay. And he he said that he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. You go from esteeming to respect to forsaking to enduring we're going to endure this we're going to get through this for we see him who is invisible because whenever you get your sight on the invisible on the powerful forces that are guiding and 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 causing the universe to come together in a coherent purpose and focus that is worth everything to get that viewpoint, to get that perspective. I see the invisible. I see God at work in this. You know, you might think, well, this is a terrible thing, and and it really is, but God's at work through this. Somehow God's going to be glorified through this. But you have to take the step. You have to let God lead you through that process where you come to that conclusion because you're not going to jump to it From just coming from a CNN report all the way to what everybody else is going through you're going to have to experience a lot of situations in in your life where you're going to have to see beyond the present moment the fear, the hurt, the pain and see the invisible and see the greater picture and live your life to fulfill that greater picture and then He refused, he chose, he forsook, he endured. But I love it. Verse 28, through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. You see, he kept the Passover and he did so by faith. You don't just give up things and you don't just pay a price. You also get to keep some things. You get to keep some very valuable things. And I want you to learn what you keep, especially when you do your daily devotion. The word that you get on Sunday morning and Sunday night doesn't go by the wayside any longer if you do your daily devotion. I call it a rule of five. You can call it whatever you want to as long as you do it. Because you get to keep things in that daily devotion that you can't find anywhere else. You can't, they'll, you'll lose them because as you walk through the world, the world presses in on you and the spirits speak into your life and try to steal the word of God. But thank God you get to keep some things. And we're going to keep what God gives us. We're not gonna lose it from Sunday to Wednesday. And and that was what the Lord really began to impress upon me is because I was keeping more things in my spirit from the church services and from encounters that I had with the great people of God uh, that I was able to hold on to because I prayed them every day, because I wrote them in my journal. And, And it's so very priceless. These are treasures and principles that you can keep. You don't ever have to lose them. You don't have to give them up. You don't have to let the devil take them. You can keep them. Now, the final step, and then we're going to pray, and and I hope that you enjoyed this because to me, this is very personal. It's very, it's something that God has done in my life through the years that I'm sharing with you, and, and I know that right now we desperately need it. I've been preaching it and teaching it and training certain ones in our congregation. We desperately need this. But notice what happens in the last step. They pass through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do, were drowned. By faith, they pass through. Notice the word They. Moses didn't go alone. They passed through the Red Sea. They did not go alone. Moses took others with him. Here's the value of doing this daily devotion, of taking these 10 steps that we talked about here. And that is, you don't go alone. The power and the influence that God gives you in the spirit is so much greater than yourself. And they pass through the Red Sea. There is no crisis that can stop us, church, if God is on our side and if we are talking with him every day. And allow this time for God to speak into your life. There are things that all of us can learn. If you if you feel like you already know it all, well, we're in whole new territory. We we've got to have wisdom that we don't have and guidance that we didn't have before. But God's promised to be with us, and if we will access the riches and the treasures and value them, God will open His his resource to us. And there will be nothing lacking for any of his people during this time. And and we will be a witness to the world like never before. Uh, Thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you for being a part of my uh, life. And I love you, First Pentecostal Church, and all of the people of God worldwide uh, that are tuning in to this live broadcast I so appreciate uh, each and every one of you, and all of us have our own special struggles, but I promise you what Moses did here in Hebrews eleven twenty three through 29, you can do it as well, and God will be with us. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your wonderful people who have a desire to serve you even in difficult times, When adversities press in on every side and it seems like there's no way forward, you are always there as a guiding light to lead us in the path that we should walk. And I say, God, open the way before us so that we may walk in your path and we may follow your example. Because we want to, in the end of all things, bring glory and honor to your name. We set our heart to honor your name. It is our desire to honor your name. And we thank you for this opportunity to share the word of God with people. Let it impact their heart. Let it minister to their spirit. And let the name of Jesus be praised for everything that we do. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.